0: Hey there, this is Pastor Terry. Welcome back to Grace for a Journey. So glad that you're with us if you're new. Well, of course, welcome on in. We're in 1 Kings 16, just really looking at uh, things we can learn from kings, people who sat at the top of the power heap. They had a lot of wealth. They had a lot of popularity. They had a lot of opportunity to do unbelievable things for the Lord, and most of them failed. (laughs) It's tragic, but it's true. How many times have you been given a great opportunity and maybe not taken full advantage of it? Well, these guys were proficient at that, I can assure you. And if you've been with us, you've seen it. So here we are where Ahab takes over to reign in Israel. So let's pick up in chapter 16, verse 29. The Bible says this. Now, in the 38th year of King Asa's reign in Judah. Now, again, there's Asa still on the throne in Judah. Why? Because the Bible says very clearly he did not follow the ways of his fathers, but he followed the way of his ultimate father, David, who honored the Lord and who did what was right in the eyes of God. Asa stayed king, not because he had good genetics and could live, not necessarily because people didn't want to kill him because he did have some skirmishes, to be sure, right? But because he was productive in the eyes of God and did what was right. You don't make a difference by just sitting in a seat for a long time. Now, I know pastors. Uh, I've been one now for, gosh, I've been in ministry almost 40 years. And I know a lot of pastors who pride themselves on staying one place their entire ministry. But at the end of their ministry, you look and you wonder, so what would you do? I mean, did how many people came into the kingdom? You know, how many great changes did you help bring about in your society, in your culture, in your community? You know, how many people grew to love God at a deeper level? Longevity is one thing, and it does produce a type of stability. Right. And that you're not changing leadership all the time. You don't have all those relational vacuums that are developed when leaders move on. Right. If people are still trying to connect, you don't have loss of vision that sometimes happen when you have leadership change. But but staying in one place a long time. Yeah, it has its advantages, but you have to be effective. You have to do things that were right. Now, we know about Asa. We're going to talk about him more when we do the book of Chronicles. Uh, Here at Grace for Your Journey, our goal is to go through the entire Bible and podcast form like this, be it you're getting it through YouTube or you're getting it on your particular podcast or wherever you're receiving it, whatever platform. Our goal is to eventually get through the entire Bible. So we're going to see more about Asa when we get to the book of Chronicles. That'll be later on. But the one thing we know he did that's mentioned here in Kings, he got rid of all false worship Except for a little bit. So he went a long way in reestablishing God, Jehovah God, as the true God, right, of Judah. And God honored that. So here we go. So it was the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah. Ahab, the son of Omri, began to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria, 22 years, long time. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now check this phrase, more than all who were before him. So all the kings we've looked at, the ones who built uh, uh, golden uh, calves, the one who, uh, who went well into idol worship, the ones who murdered each other, uh, he did worse. <laughs> now, this is not what you want said about yourself. But it says, so Ahab did, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And as, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, he took for his wife Jezebel, you may have heard that name, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Okay, so he said he walked in the sins of Jeroboam even worse than that, as though it was a light thing as though it just didn't even matter. He sinned and was an affront to God with no conscience. I want to ask you a question. Is that you? Can you sin and be evil and vile before God and not have a conscience? I mean, can you just ignore the teachings of Scripture and the tenets of the Bible and just not feel any type of conviction? Now, if that's you, I bet it's not. I bet it's not. But if it is, then you really have to check your salvation. You really have to see, do you know the Lord? Because if you know the Lord, the Spirit of God lives within you. And the Spirit of God is going to testify the truth to your life. And that truth comes from God's Word. That's how that's going to happen. And if that's not occurring, then there's a breakdown somewhere. So I know what you're saying. You're saying, Terry, are you suggesting, suggesting this king of Israel didn't know the Lord? I'm not suggesting that. I'm just making some observations that the text makes and just drawing some conclusions that if you can live lightly in a life of disobedience, then maybe there's no conviction in your life. I'm just observing, not pointing a finger, just observing. Now, the second thing I want you to look right here is that that uh, Nabat took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal. Now, even before we got to the next line where it said they were a Baal worshiper, just a little, little Bible background stuff. Whenever you see that ending on a word B-A-A-L on a name, it means they were Baal worshippers. That's that's what it means. They were from an area, from a region where they were committed to Baal. This guy's name was Baal. He was the king of the Sidonians. He was a Baal worshiper. So here's what happened. So Nabet marries Jezebel. We'll talk more about Jezebel later. Uh, not today, but later on. And uh, here's what happens. So he goes and erects a an altar to Baal in the house of Baal. So you have this big temple of Baal. That's not enough. He spends a whole lot of God's money then to erect an altar to Baal in Baal's house. Uh, he was committed either to his wife or to this false god. We don't know for sure, maybe a little bit of both. But what we know for absolute positive, true, is he wasn't committed to the Lord. Because there's there's nothing about erecting a temple to the Lord or an altar to the Lord or worshiping God. There's nothing about that. We know that for sure. So then it goes on and says this, And Ahab made an Asheroth. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord. And Asheroth was a tall tall, uh, like a ziggurat, like a big, a big, huge uh, pillar. And and it would have had uh, uh, carvings on it, recognizing Baal and worshiping Baal. And they're big. They could be seen from miles away. They're meant to be seen from miles away. And so Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, uh, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Now, in his days, Hiel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundation at the cost of um, Abram. His firstborn. So here's this guy, Hael, he lays his foundation for Jericho, and it cost him his son. I gotta tell you, if it wasn't a word from God, and I mean a word from the Lord, nothing could cost me my son. I love him that much. But selfish ambition, false worship, and lies of importance can cloud your mind and you will even sacrifice your children. Then it goes on and says this. And he sets up the gates at the cost of his youngest, Sagam, according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken, which spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. Man, so here's what we're seeing, that here's a guy who goes out, uh, Ahab, who could have honored the Lord at any time. You could always turn it on to the Lord, but he didn't. And he um, did all that was evil in the sight of the Lord. I know that's not you because I know what you do. You honor the Lord. You honor His Word. And you know what I know because of that? You experience unbelievable grace (laughs) for your journey every single day. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for today and your goodness. Thank you for your Word. And now, Lord, I pray that we will not be like Ahab, but Asa, who honors you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God's blessings on you. I love you so much. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.